0: Ciao. Ciao.
1: Someone's having a party for the top ten, the senior class snobs. Before they get to celebrate, six of them will die in the most bizarre ways you'll ever see. Virginia, don't go away. Come over here, Virginia.
0: It is up to you to determine whether
1: you wish to subject yourself to
0: fear, terror,
1: and shock. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, pray you're not invited.
0: Chow chow, everybody. This is Jallo Chow Chow. Y'all jaloo. Except
1: for today. Except for me stepping on you.
0: That's okay. I'm trying to talk quieter now so I don't blow the speakers off of your earbuds, people. I've been told that I'm quite loud, and my new recording software doesn't really allow me to speak loudly.
2: And the old lady next door complained.
0: Yes. So this is episode number. This is ridiculous. I can't talk like this the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It won't
2: let you. Your body just won't
0: let you. I know. I'm like a girl at prom. I just want to bust out.
2: Do it. Pretend it's 28.
1: This is episode 28. That's shocking.
0: And this is the first episode of the new year. Um,
1: hey! Happy New Year!
0: The year of our Lord, <laughs> 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. He's Lord getting up there. Satan. What? <laughs> what? Satan's a little. Old, I said man. Lord. I said Lord Satan. Oh yeah.
0: Lord. Good old, good old Lord Satan. Well, um, tonight we have a special treat for you.
2: You sound like an NPR host.
0: Cut it out. <laughs>
1: now you know the rest of it.
0: Good evening. Tonight we have a very special treat for you. And this <laughs> treat is in the shape of a birthday cake. With candles <laughs> on top that are ablaze for you to blow out. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, so happy birthday to me. It's your birthday? Yeah. Of course- oh,
1: oh, oh. So so that's 50- the name of the film
0: you forgot the movie that you picked you knob (laughs) (laughs) so um before we get to happy birthday to me um we were talking about new year's resolutions a second ago and eric actually didn't tell us what his was he just said what he liked to call them
2: that's right i call them new year's revolutions because a resolution is something that maybe you say to yourself, you know, after you pop some bubbly on New Year's Eve, and you just forget about it. But a revolution is something that you can't go back on. You've got to revolutionize your way of thinking, you got to revolutionize your life, your body, mind, and spirit, and you you just got to get out there. And the best way to do it is to let other people know what it is, because then they're going to hold you accountable to it, and they're not going to let you get through the year without completing your revolution. And what is your revolution, sir? Uh, I think I just want to. I kind of want to save more money. I've I've been kind of bad with my money lately, so I just. I really want to just manage it better.
0: That's good.
1: (laughs) All I have to say is, when you when you talk about destruction, don't you know that you can count me out? That's all I have to say.
0: Oh, okay. In. <laughs> you see what I did there. That was uh, the whiteout
1: version, yes.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I know what that is. Yeah. Um yeah, I was supposed to eat better and I fucked that right in the pooper. So
1: you still have time and there's another three hundred and what something days.
0: There's always no, time to revolutionize. I'm just gonna just save it for next year. I'll just there you go. continue this way the rest of the year and take it up a notch and good it's old okay. 2016
1: right you get some practice <laughs> there's always next try again next year yeah time. seriously all it was was
0: that it's been so like hectic with the holidays that I haven't had a chance to go to grocery shopping so I've been ordering food instead of going to the grocery store like a douchebag
2: you've been in nice. cereal mo- well not the food cereal though maybe you have been, by the way you're talking but you've been pretty busy with some other things right
0: did you say you ban, like the coffee? Yeah. You've probably been drinking a lot of that. <clears throat> um, yeah, with the Black Star Canyon stuff is going well ish. Um, our production schedule is like not even a week ahead. So I just finished the episode that comes out on Wednesday last night, and we've been editing it today. So I normally have like a week or two in between releases, but, um, it's just been a little crazy. But besides that, just like all of the, there's, there were a lot more parties this year than, um, that makes me sound like a total pompous piece of shit. So I'll fit right into this movie tonight. (laughs) But, um, there were a lot of parties. Like it was like, there was always like every day there was some place we had to go. And, um,
2: Doing the rest of your top 10
0: yeah and i don't know if you know me very well but (laughs) going out of the house i'd rather murder people Uh and um, (laughs) so it's just been one of those things and then my car didn't want to work that one time and yada 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 so um i'm just glad it's all over Mm -hmm. now i'm back to pizza Pizza Motherfuckers! I even ate at Taco Bell for the first time in like a year a couple days ago. They have this thing called a quesarito. Are you familiar?
1: Oh, I think I've seen a commercial for that. It's like a quesadilla, but it's a burrito.
0: I think I've read about that in
1: it. people's obituaries. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And don't they don't they put Fritos in it? No, but there is a thing like that. They used to have a really good one, and then this one wasn't the same, because they have the new fancy, like, oh, this rice is good for you, but it's still from Taco Bell, and it tastes like shit. So, But they have the, um, what's that thing? The beefy nacho melt mm. that's something? That's effing delicious.
1: <laughs> the other thing that I really liked they did was they made tacos out of Doritos. They still have those?
0: Yeah, but I've never even had one of those. It just seems ridiculous. To that's me. just loco. So
1: deli- so delicious, dude. And, like, you know, it's so bad for you, but get the Cool Rance one and put a couple of fire sauce packets on it.
0: Ugh. The reason why I never got one of those is because before they had those, all of you Taco Bell connoisseurs will know exactly what I'm talking about. They had a thing called the Beefy Crunch Burrito, or the mm. Cheesy Beefy Crunch Burrito. And it had um, Fritos in it, but they were like either chili cheese or Flamin' Hot or something like that. Oh. And it was just like beef, nacho cheese, and Fritos. And it was delicious. And then they took that off to get put that stupid fucking Dorito taco in there. And that made me mad. But, um, but yeah, I think the new Frito tacos are like, oh, we're going to make these a little healthier. They're just going to be straight Fritos.
1: <laughs> not gonna put any of the
0: fancy stuff on the free We're just No
1: no flaming hot.
0: <laughs> oh my god, but it was so good. But yeah, so um I'm like one foot in the grave and my head's spinning. So the farther into this month we get the better. So So your yeah. resolution
2: has changed. I'm sorry, your revolution has now changed just to stay alive through the end of the year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, my whole goal is to not die okay. this year.
1: Right make it to the next january where you can try again yeah because this
0: this year is completely fucked because the last five days have been murder
1: (laughs) (laughs) you might as well just hang it up now
2: no use in trying i mean you didn't make it very far no what's not at all what makes you think you're gonna make it any any further
0: well the first thing i thought of when i was at taco bell was why am i not at del taco do they have anything new (laughs) <laughs> and I was, like, confused, but...
1: And then you went to both?
0: No. You guys don't have Del Taco, huh? We do not. Oh, I you do You guys are missing out, dude. We have Taco John's.
1: But we, we have Chipotle, so I well, like that place. Chipotle's McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, well, not anymore. Oh, did they get away from McDonald's? Yeah, they've, they've separated.
0: I like their lime chips. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So we're doing happy birthday to me tonight, everybody. Um, certainly sweetly and um, this is Chris's pick so Chris why don't you get in a little bit of why you picked this film for us to ingest with our eyeballs and ear holes
1: (laughs) and olfactory
0: yeah Wait, that's that something. I didn't I get that version. Steve, whatever
1: your thing would be for that. I <laughs> did get
0: that version. The smell the of vision version. The one with Divine. It, it was awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so happy birthday to me. I have to apologize up front. I've been referencing this through most of everything that I've been writing on my site as an American slasher, when in fact it's Oof. partly Canadian. So, what a douchebag. Um, um, I know that the the three people in Canada who have TVs, will be mad at me. No, that's not nice.
0: Wow. Um, They're going to get it, in their canoes and row down here and kick your ass. You hoser.
1: <laughs> it is technically considered an American-Canadian flasher film. So, um, And let's face it. If the film only came out in Canada and not America, no one would have heard of it. So. Oh, you are such an elitist. You I must mean, be in the top ten. I'm not... A little elitist, but let's, you know, call a spade a spade. Oh, Um, you're a racist. Kevin Smith is
2: so mad at you right now.
1: (laughs) So, Happy Birthday to Me is a film that I grew up watching because, um, for those of you who've heard the podcast before and listened to my droning on about, um, what my life was like when I was a teenager, um, I was very much into slasher films, uh, when I was younger, starting with the typical Freddy's and Jason's and Michael Myers type movies. Uh, I finally eventually made my way over to Giallo, but happy birthday to me was a film that I had seen probably, I don't know, 20 to 30 times before I even watched a Jolly or a Giallo film. And, um, It was because I had a copy of it on VHS and I would watch it whenever I had a chance to because I really enjoyed watching it. So um, when I I came up with the JALO score website, I said, you know, happy birthday to me really might be one of those films that we could put on the site after, you know, so many films have been scored. So, you know, my long term plans were to populate the site with the traditional typical JALO films. And then start to branch out. And we've, thankfully, with the help of you guys in the podcast, we've already done that. Um, if you include um, uh, Hitchcock's uh, Frenzy, and I'm trying to remember what else we did that was kind of sort of not a jalo, but was a jalo. You tried to say Black Belly the Tarantula wasn't, and I tried to
0: say you're a douchebag.
1: Oh no, it's Black <laughs> Belly of the Tarantula is definitely a giallo, but it's more of a chicha chicha movie. Dude, um, you are alienating
0: dude. every person who is not from America <laughs> listening to this show right now.
1: I never, I never get a chance to practice that <laughs> one and I always want to do it. Like I know that policicio or something is a sub, you know, subgenre. genre um, But anyway, so, um, so, I finally found uh, I, I felt it was finally time to take a look at this film and, and look at it and try to appreciate it for how Jallo esque it is. And um, it turns out that it's quite Jallo esque. So um, let's start for anybody who needs a little bit of a backgrounder on happy birthday to me. Uh, it's a 1981 film uh, directed by Jay Lee Thompson. And I really didn't do much research on Jay Lee Thompson to see what else he put out. Or... He's done a
0: ton of shit.
1: He's old Hollywood. really?
0: Yeah, like Guns of the Navarone and fucking. Um, he did Ten to Midnight, which is like my favorite oh. freaking Bronson slash naked guy running around movie. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's
2: your yeah, favorite he... naked
1: guy running around movie?
0: Huh, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, no, he did So uh... that might explain. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, well, I wanted to bring what up that he did a couple of the uh, the old yeah. Apes movies. Of Course, so yeah,
1: Burn
0: of the Apes,
2: yeah. Oh,
1: okay, and uh, also so that the original piece. Why fear. The, the production
0: fear. value. took yeah,
1: fear, yeah, uh, a little bit better than, than your typical slasher, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> the premise of the film, and you know, and we have a decent cast. We have Melissa Sue Anderson, who was on House on um, Little House on the Prairie, right? Punch her in the face. <laughs> I
0: hated that show growing up and I never liked her okay continue
1: so um, the film centers around um, a group of students at the Crawford Academy and I really haven't been able to settle on whether this is a college or a high school um, but it seems to me that they're in the younger demographic um, especially when you go to the flashback scenes at the end it seems like you know, uh, you're looking, you're looking uh, with people who are in there, you know, fourteen and fifteen. Uh, just by the way that they talk and the way that the birthday party is set up. I mean, who's going to have a birthday party like that when they're twenty-one? I guess, you know. Um, well, are you I don't
0: nuts and crazy, or are you like a normal person? Well, true.
1: So, um, you're trying the, to be popular. Uh, plot centers- Plot centers around these uh, students um, who are who are called the top 10 because I uh, I assume it's because of their uh, their click um, because they're all rich um, but I will also wonder if it has something to do with the fact that they're the smartest 10 in the um, Crawford Academy. Um, I but, find that hard to
0: believe. I think it's just but then why is like Nerdy McGee and the Group, right? Right. Yeah. Same reason
2: why Screech hung out with the uh, the old Bayside clan.
0: Well, Screech was Zack's guy that he would send in to do dumb shit so that's because Screech it. would do it.
2: Maybe that's what this dude's job is. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe all their parents are really really rich, and they're just the uh, you know the second generation to come along, and they have to accept him into their clan because. Like he had a really smart, beautiful mother.
0: Let's hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the film starts out right off the bat with a murder sequence. Um, one of the ten in the top ten uh, is on her way to meet the rest of the top ten at the bar that they always go to um, and is killed in the parking lot. Um, and what's interesting, of course, about this scene is that at the very end, before the final blow of death, um, this—it's uh, Bernadette O'Hara—and she makes kind of an indication to the to the viewer or to the screen, uh, to the point of view. Uh, uh, I'm 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 lost for words. My New Year's Revolution. My New Year's revolution is to get a thesaurus. Uh, <laughs> or some glinko <she>, bicoma. <laughs> and a spell checker. Yeah, um, she, she makes an indication that the killer is somebody that she knows. And she says, oh, it's you. Thank God. Thank God. And gets killed. Um, so basically the plot centers around these nine now people and the um the one girl whose name is virginia who is melissa sue anderson's character and um she is basically dealing with um the the kind of two parallel tracks of narrative one being um the disappearance of her friends one by one Uh, disappearance to them and uh, you know on screen for us it's murders Uh, but also happening is she's slowly starting to get her memory back um, to reveal that she had been in an accident when she was younger um, and she had an operation there were problems with her brain she was brought back uh, from a coma I believe Um, and she's starting to see that there are There's some sort of a connection between the memories that are coming back to her and the disappearances of her friends. Now, the film was um, marketed uh, to many people as, you know, uh, very uh, weird and extravagant and uh, strange murder sequences. And um, we really don't have that many that are strange and weird. There's a couple... There is a motorcycle, uh, motorcycle chain wheel What's kind of scarf? face. That was his own damn fault. That was awesome. Who wears a
2: scarf when they're working
1: on a motorcycle with a
2: running <laughs> engine.
1: And that scarf was really kind of like a, you know, an indicator that they were in the top ten. It seemed like they all had those scarves. It was Doctor Who's. Um, the other murder that was interesting was the shish kebab into the back of the throat. Which one um, killed you?
0: <laughs> just well, so, you, just if, so you guys know, you would not die from that.
1: What if it. If you bled out, what if you bled out?
0: I mean, you'd have to hit some arteries, like hardcore shit. Like, what that if, would not kill you.
1: What if you hit
2: the brainstem and then it cut off, you know, involuntary heartbeat
0: motions? Uh, involuntary heartbeat motions. Is yeah. that a thing that people need to worry about? I mean, I guess if it went through the brainstem, <laughs> you would be. Awake, but wouldn't be able to move your body. And then maybe you could choke on your own blood. But yeah, the chances of that guy dying from that are slim to none. I call bullshit.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, my favorite uh, murder of the whole film, which also probably wouldn't kill you, is... The weights the, on the balls. The weights on the, the, ball, the cock and balls, and the dropping of the bench press on the neck, which suddenly... Spurts like large amounts of blood for some reason. Pops them like a zit, dude. Um, I've seen videos of of uh, weightlifters who get to the point where, um, they poop. they can't hold the weight anymore. And well, I mean, you know, a lot of cases I've seen people that can just throw the weight to the side. But I think the idea is that if you. If you don't have a spotter, I think you don't put the clamps on the end, so that way you can kind of dump the weight off in one in one direction. And then just and bring in it back. this back, yeah. And in this particular case, you know, we we you know Greg says make sure you tighten it, huh? So um, we know that that wasn't the case. So we have um, a series of murders, and we have an investigation. Not really a lot of police involvement, um, and uh, Virginia is really kind of taken up with the amateur detective role although she's really trying to figure out what's going on with her memories more than what's going on with the murdering there are a few characters in the film that aren't related to the group who eventually is revealed as uh the group who you know who was the object or the motive for the murders um and we have um uh we also what was i going to say i'm sorry i lost my train of thought um, I was going to say, we, we have uh, the psychologist who helps uh, Virginia to kind of get her memories back. And we have Virginia's father. Um, and we have some um, some really interesting and really cool um, set pieces and some, some sequences that we'll talk about, I guess, in more detail. Um, as we get towards the end of the film, what's interesting is that um, we start to see Virginia um, – responsible for some of the killings and she's shown on screen uh doing the murders so uh that actually contributes to part of the puzzle uh and to part of the twist which is a ridiculous twist that we get to at the end um and finally um we we find out what it is that's going on and where did all these kids go and what was the murder what was the purpose and uh in in uh, jalo fashion um, we get a nice twist ending uh, with a motive and an interesting um, ultimate uh, ultimate demise for the killer. Uh, and so, with regard to um, the film being um, like a Jallo, I found it to be very like a you know very esque. Um, if you look at the JalloScore.com, Uh, website for happy birthday to me Uh, we have a 68 score and uh, it's important to note that the film lost 20 points off the bat because it was um, released in the 80s it was released outside of Italy with no real Italian connection so if you add 20 points back to the film for uh, basically just the important parts of uh, demographics and um, kind of time capsule properties of the giallo where we're looking at an 88 score. Uh, so uh, a lot of the plot elements, a lot of the uh, story elements, a lot of the uh, signatures, it got eight out of the 10 in the signatures, which I thought was interesting. Um, uh, so, it, and I, and uh, so, so the film basically is a slasher uh, with a really uh, intricate mystery behind it. It's not, um, you know, a hockey mask, uh, wearing killer who really doesn't have much of an identity Um, so I think that I've probably gone as far as I need to go with describing the film and its plot and I think we should talk about uh, um, some of the some of the interesting scenes in the film Um, the one that I wanted to bring up first uh, to start us off was the game that they play going over the bridge in the cars, which of course, you know, we're going to get some raspberries from creep on this one, but, um, they so would just give you one now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there there you we go. go. <laughs> um, the most important uh, thing to notice about that whole sequence is that Greg's car is totally fine. Uh, when he stops to, um, go see if Virginia is okay after the nosedive, which they never would have survived. Um, it was a pretty rough freaking landing. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> was. So, um, but I did I do like that sequence. It's one of the I I think the film is interesting because it's got these things going on like the murder mystery. It's got the slasher aspect. It's got the um you know the flashback sequences. But it also has these interesting uh, scenes that you know in multiple and repeat viewings I look forward to watching even though I've seen them a million times the only one that really throws me off is the whole bell tower thing which I didn't even to this day Uh. I've I've been trying to pick apart what that scene was all about and all I can say is um, Rudy who is almost a spitting image of Sam Dalmas from Bird with a Crystal Plumage um, and Michael from Melrose
0: Place but let's not talk about that we just did, <laughs>
1: or you did. I had never watched Melrose Place. So.
0: Oh, you're missing out, dude. Okay, continue.
1: Um, that particular scene, like to see what you guys think about this one because he, he, they're up in the bell tower and he starts to that 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 one pivotal moment in that scene where he he grabs the rope on the bell and makes it this kind of weird revelation about how if he cuts the rope almost all the way through. And the way that he describes it, it's almost like he's going to do something that's so forbidden and dangerous and could get him, you know, landed in jail. But really, he's just talking about how when the priest comes to pull the rope, the rope will come down. Yeah. So I didn't understand why Virginia was so uh, put off and and shocked by his idea. Um, I don't know if it was the idea as much as it
0: was him going, Virginia... I got a knife. Right. RJ. Yeah. Like, it was just ridiculous, dude. Like, that scene is just so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we can talk about that, you know,
0: Rudy was a red herring. Um, Everyone in this movie was a fucking red herring.
1: Yeah. But it was true. like, but there was no
0: buildup to it. It would just be like, here we are. Oh, by the way, I'm going to start talking like this. And you guys are going to think I'm the killer and steal your yeah. underwear. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, okay, now someone else is going to pretend to be the killer. There was just, like, so much... I don't know. Like, um, I have, like, a weird relationship with this movie because when I was a kid, they had the poster for this at the video store that um, I went to all the time, but they didn't have the movie. And so... I would see this bitchin' picture with like a shish kebab ready to go in some dude's fucking face, and I always wanted to see it, but it was never there. They never, they just didn't have the movie, and I always thought that was weird. But they had the poster, so they put the poster up. They just had posters all over the top of the wall and shit. So when I finally saw it, I think in my head I had built it up so much, like I was really let down. Like I like I was thinking it was going to be the greatest thing i've ever seen and um like looking back at it now like i could see its merit but on my first watch of this i was like this is going to be the best thing ever and i'm like fuck this movie's like 12 hours long what the fuck is going on here <laughs> um but uh but yeah so there i don't want to just like start like bombarding everything on it but if we're just talking about the bell tower scene, the way it was done definitely made him look like he was going to kill her. And then the way, I don't understand how they got away from each other. They were in a sealed room up top and then she couldn't find him. And then there was blood everywhere. How the fuck does that happen?
1: I think what I got out of that and maybe I'm, I'm reaching is that, he came after her with this knife like slowly and then she blacked out but oh for fuck's sake in the in in the in the reality part like in her world she blacked out and the last thing she saw was his him coming after her with a knife and that's what we see as the viewer but what really happened was he was playing a joke maybe I don't know and then he went to cut the rope and cut his hand and then she ended up in the hospital. Um, I guess because they both went to the hospital because he cut his hand. I mean, do you guys think that's? I what thought he was going looking for this psychiatrist guy.
2: Yeah, because he, he like was, she had the, like, and he was gone for a little while. I remember they thought he was buried in the rose garden, and
0: well, and then he fell off the thing head first to play a joke on. Yeah, him. yeah. It's like you're going really above and beyond to prank this chick dude
2: because uh, I was going to say that's my only real explanation for it is if I mean all their friends are going missing so he's got this real sick sense of humor where it's like my friends could be dead so what's what am I going to do I'm going to pretend I'm the next one and I'm going to scare the living daylights out of my friends and instead of you know trying to help find their friends or anything like that so it's just he's got a real strange um mis- misanthropic see I broke out my thesaurus
0: that's nice, dude. We have, uh, there you go. We
2: have seen the world. I just world. Think,
0: I think the top ten are the shittiest of group of people yeah. you could ever associate yeah. yourself with.
2: I'm thinking they're <laughs> supposed to be, aren't they?
0: At least some of but, them. But, like, I don't know. Like To me, it's just like if her whole thing, her whole like life since she was a teenager was to be in the top ten so her white trash mom could be happy <laughs> something like that. I mean it's that's just I, like,
2: that's where I'm getting the parent analogy from cuz I feel like the mother either didn't get let into her top 10 group or was kicked out or something like that so she's using her daughter to get in her fr- like kind of like a I don't know have her daughter get into her friends' kids group
1: Well the thing the thing about Rudy is that he's established pretty early on as the joker of the group like the practical joker he because puts the, the rat in the diner thing with and the then,
0: electricity.
1: Wouldn't have. a teacher in the
0: world. Why is everybody laughing at me? I'm just a science teacher. And then that <laughs> awesome little like lightning bolt that comes off his finger that looks like freaking that old Don Knotts movie with the fish or I don't know. It just yeah. it was like so ridiculous, dude. I love that.
1: <laughs> but that was a that was a cool little scene in the beginning where um the headmaster is yelling at everybody in the morning and all nine of them are at the same table, like in a row, like they all sit together in the biology class. And, uh, so they, they do a lot in this movie, but you know, of, of trying to reinforce the group and and who's in the group. I, I found one of the things I found about this was that it was easy for me to remember who was who, uh, except when we got to the very, very end, uh, the very first couple, couple of times I watched the killer reveal. I'm like, who the fuck is that? I have no idea who that was for a couple of times. And then I'm like, okay, now I get it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it eventually. But, uh, I, I, but for the most part, I remembered all the people and I kind of remember most of their names. And I think it's because they were always kind of grouping them together. There was a, a a newspaper article towards the end of the film where all their pictures are in there. And, um, and, and their names are kind of said over and over and over again. Compared to Jallo's where, you know, uh, you know, you take a mo- take a take a movie like uh, My Dear Killer where you pretty much have to take notes in order to follow it. Or, you know, some of these other ones where they maybe mention the, the character's name one time and, and it's you know, because of the dubbing you don't even notice it. So you don't even know what these people's names are.
2: But they all look exactly um, the same.
1: That
0: was irritating me on this one like i like uh, in a complete contrast to what you're saying i always have a hard time remembering who the fuck anyone is in this movie yeah like and then i always trip out because there's that one girl who's like catatonic out in the rain that's very weird too like she never goes in right they probably just she was sick the day they were shooting that scene couldn't get in there well
2: yeah and (laughs) As we get towards the ending, there's a reason for all these weird, confusing tactics that they used, which I guess we could get into when we talk about the ending and some trivia, but um, but for the most part, I think I kept them all pretty straight and kept who was dating who and, and all sorts of things like that, and they ended up killing off a couple of them pretty quickly, so that kind of helped out a little bit, too. The, the body count started early. Yeah. The Very fr- true. The French... Etienne, who yeah, we Etienne talked about Bocuse. was the, one of like the first red herrings because he snuck up on Virginia when she was in the house with her dad and was spying right. on her and stole her underwear. And then we found out it was just for a prank. He he wasn't actually socially uh, awkward or, or inept like a a killer would be.
1: I was carrying this next to my heart. That's what the French do. When, when I race on my dirt bike. <laughs>
2: Did you include the dirt bike scene as a signature or a staple?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we've got we've got a, a a bathtub murder. Even you know we could talk about whether that was a real murder or not. We got the motorcycle race. Oh, and what I thought was really awesome was Alfred's hobby. Got two different signature points because. There's one for dolls and dummies, which is what he creates with his art. And there's one for art or modeling or glamour or photography. So he got two points for that. Um, I gave it a point for the priest, even though the priest was only in the movie for a split second. Um, The psychologist, obviously. And as they're walking up the bell tower, spiral staircase. I mean, come on. It was fantastic. No,
0: this movie definitely has a lot of that stuff for realsies yeah
2: and it's kind Uh, of crazy to think that it might have all been done i don't know if i'd say accidentally but it didn't seem like it was intentional for the most part i mean this this director we talked about he's we mentioned he did a lot of really old movies kind of before jolly films are famous so he'd been around for a while i don't know if maybe he was kind of coerced into doing it this way with this kind of style or fashion but it seemed like 68 is a pretty good score for like you said for a movie that's out of its time frame and out of its country of origin.
1: Yes, I agree. And I just have to make a quick real-time update to the score, because I noticed a error. <sighs> and let me tell oh, you, you what that error was. Okay. Um, so I had gone in and given it all of the Italian and Giallo... Points just to see what it would end up as, uh, and I forgot to remove the Italian location uh, from its score, so the score ends up being probably 65. Yeah, oh, 65 yeah. instead of 68. I'm sorry about that, guys. Oh my gosh. The Let's just end this episode now. Yeah. Where were
0: we even talking? And, about? And
1: I have another, I have another uh, point to debate, but it, it comes when we talk about the final ending. Well, finally,
0: let's talk about the beginning, because I think this has one of the strongest beginnings um, for any movie that we've ever talked about or slasher movie. Oh, yeah. In general. Style-wise, everything, yeah. Just, like, the whole, like, in the car, she pretends to be dead, gets up, runs, in the parking garage, all that. That was just, like, really, really brutal and awesome. Like, that was such a good opening scene.
1: Was it now, all didn't one that shot? Scene, did that scene remind you of um, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward?
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think this
1: had its own thing to it. Because there was like a. I think this was, one was done better. If that's what you're asking. No, no. I mean, stylistically, which one was more had better quality? I think we're you know this one had a better quality, but I think that it just. Um, it reminded me of the scene where um, Julie is in the car, you know, the car garage, yeah. and she's hiding behind cars. And there's different, um, there's there's different camera angles that kind of, uh, it's like the killer uh, is looking in in one direction and she's out of focus, and then the car. Door closes and she's in focus, and it reminded me of that. And then yeah. eventually, she runs over to the elevator and escapes, whereas Bernadette does not. But, um,
0: yeah, just like in the car was great, and her kicking the door, the door opens and she can't kick it anything anymore. Like that whole shit, it was just so good. Like, I, I really, really like that scene a lot. And the dog, Winston, at the beginning gorgeous yeah. dog just in case you, like you guys
1: the- were wondering he's a uh, what was that a, a bulldog yeah uh, an english bulldog
2: you're not going to eat that or, though, are you? Dog. Oh. what oh sorry i thought you were <sighs> commenting on how okay oh okay <laughs> i thought we were
0: still talking about your eating habits oh no 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 and I was going to make a British Bulldog joke, and then I, it came too late. <laughs> so, um, but no, but that seems great. Um, but a lot of this movie, like, the, the two things about it that strike me is, one, it looks like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Like, like, when you watch it, it looks so much more overproduced than, I think, the movies of its time, its peer group. Right. You know, so it just, it looks like,
1: <clears throat>
0: like I'm expecting like Angela Lansbury to walk out or Columbo to come out and, you know, it, like it looks almost too good. And the other thing about it is, is that, um, I think I might be wrong here, <clears throat> but I think the producers of this also did my bloody Valentine. They did. Yes. Yeah. And, I think okay. Another Canadian. The whole... That's the whole thing. Because, like, the whole way the group interacts with one another is so reminiscent of My Buddy Valentine. Like, you, you're you like, how old are these fucking people? Like, what are they doing? Like, the whole, like, mentality of this age group of friends. It was very, very similar. And, um... <clears throat> it was just, uh... It was kind of weird. But, um... Yeah.
1: How, like in comparison to this film, I've never seen *My Bloody Valentine*, so oh, dude, you're is, missing out. Is *My Bloody Valentine* a better film than this? Is I think more my, entertaining. I, I,
0: my *Bloody Valentine* is much more entertaining. It's tighter. I just think it's better. I I, I think it's a better movie. Gotcha. But um. <clears throat> if you liked this, I think you'll really really like that.
1: Cool. So, it's got that same kind of like polished but slasher. It's not idiot, it, it doesn't
0: seem as polished as this. Okay.
2: Cool. And it kind of plods along like a like an actual mystery thriller, <clears throat> not like an American slasher. Like Chris is saying the hockey mask anti-hero kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you have that kind of aspect with this, but you also have like the Agatha Christie-ish twisty kind of thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Little Indians. Yeah. You know. know. So, but um, but other than that, like this movie to me is just really fucking long, and it doesn't need to be that long. Um, all the flashback stuff. i I wasn't the biggest fan in the world of the mom like there's two sides of it because like i really like my cheesy and gaudy films that are entertaining for me now the mom is the most over actor chick in the fucking history of forever (laughs) and but because the movie was so polished and cool she seemed completely out of place you know, but if you put her in something that's a little more, not trashy, but just like, like a trauma a little film. Little, no, 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 no. I because <laughs> like th- there's a difference here because like I'm not the biggest trauma fan in the world. Yeah. Like I like my stuff, like campy and fun, but like s- with a lot of style to it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And this was just like s- to me like high gloss. And I think I'm coming in with, like, a negative attitude because I don't like that chick. The chick from Little House. The blind one.
2: You have a like, thing against I
0: blind know. people? No, I just have a thing against Little House on the Prairie. Oh. It would come on on my TV, and I was a kid, and I'd get all fucking mad. And I'd be like, why do I want to fucking watch this show with people... Rolling down hills? Meadow, like, I don't fucking get it. It was just, like, it was too moral and wholesome for me as a child. Well, like, I grew I up in Laura Ingalls Wilder Hossels. Country. Let me tell you. That show was my life. It's weird when I hear people say how much they love Little House on the Prairie because <laughs> I just could not stand it. And I I'm like, yeah. you did? You actually liked that show?
1: Just but, reminds like, me of being
0: like, You remember Jan on The Office? Yeah, Michael's girlfriend she was on fucking Little House in the Prairie and that took me a really long time to get over
1: <laughs>
0: so sorry man yeah oh and then my grandma used to watch fucking Highway to Heaven good fucking oh. god man the only thing Michael Landon ever did that I could watch is that I was a teenage werewolf thing <laughs> that's pushing it but anyway so back to Happy Birthday to Me yeah Like, um, it's, (laughs) it gets a little weird and the most stylish thing in this movie is home girl's camel toe when she's wearing those pants and gets out of the car and runs up to the front of the house. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Which
1: home girl are we talking about? The
0: girl who ended up being the baddie. Oh, okay. Spoiler, yeah.
1: I don't remember that. <laughs> and I didn't she's feel like that yelling time. up, and, and
0: the it was after the shish kebab scene, and she like sticks her head out the window, and she's like, "What? What's going on?" And she's like, "Open the fucking door, bitch! I'm gonna hear <laughs> all about it." But she she just got out of her car. And she's wearing these like super high waist pants, which I'm not a fan of, but like it made like a giant freaking armpit in the crotch of her pants. So that was kind of stylish. Maybe. We just lost all of our female listeners. So
1: uh all one of them.
0: So um but yeah, but the the kills were pretty gory and especially for having to cut them back a bunch to get their um MPAA rating so they want to get an X certificate or whatever. I still thought that they were, because I mean, I think a lot of it too is because, like, I'm looking at it like it's an episode of Murder She Wrote, and then some dude pops like a zit when he drops the barbell on his neck. And I'm like, <laughs> ooh, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and as stupid as the ending to this movie is, when Homegirl says what happened, like, her motive almost is, like, okay for me i'm like yeah i'll buy that that sounds okay
1: so yeah
2: so we're at the end well let's uh,
1: let's get to the end then so um so here we are and uh everything revolves around this whole birthday idea and um at some point virginia is shown like i said before on camera um committing some of the murders and as a viewer, we're starting to get led down a path that's not exactly accurate. We start to think, well, okay, so she stabbed Alfred. She uh, she skewered Steve. Steve? Yeah, Steve. Mm. And she um, she may or may not have drowned Anne in the bathtub. We didn't see that on screen. And um, she may or may not have... Um, smacked um, the psychologist over the head with the uh, with the uh, poker because she's not shown on screen doing that either um, so there's a lot of like what the heck's going on here so we finally eventually get to the big flashback scene um, which ties in with the what's going on in the present uh, day of the film of the I guess it's the father comes home because it's Ginny's birthday and he goes out to the, what is it? The, the boathouse or the, whatever that weird little place, right? that, that summer cottage is. And, um, finds all of the missing kids dead sitting around the table. Um, and strangely enough, Ann Thomerson, uh, if you're keeping track of who's who, you'll see that Aunt Thomerson's face is face down on the table. Her face isn't showing, but everybody else's is. Um, and Virginia comes out and she. Um, her father comes in and. He sits there and starts to cry because why is his daughter sitting around with all these dead people and she really did it and it makes sense to He's him. He's really good uh, at that, too. It, it makes sense to him because, you know, all of this mental stuff and the operations and he thought that they had fixed her. And uh, and meanwhile, we see the flashback and the flashback is the mother and Virginia, um, they had planned a birthday party for her, uh, but no one came because Ann Thomerson had planned a party at the same time. And all the kids went there instead. So uh, drunken, uh, jealous, and vengeful mom gets in the car and drives over there to demand that Virginia go to the party. They won't let her in. They make some kind of reference to the fact that she can't be bought off anymore. And as they drive back, they get stuck on the bridge. Uh, the car falls in, uh, flips over three times upside down, and then finally flips over right side up at the end so that they could have the shot correctly and um the mom um gets stuck under the steering wheel and can't get out and drowns uh and these are all the flashbacks that come eventually throughout the film culminating with this whole thing um and the the kids all around the table so the father is crying he's got a party hat on uh virginia slits his throat and then goes over and says okay now it's your turn bitch and takes Ann Thomerson's body and pulls it up and lo and behold it's not Ann Thomerson it's Virginia's twin sister uh, who looks exactly like Virginia and you're like oh now I get it it was the twin who was doing all this stuff and they could have kind of stopped there um, yeah. because that's that that would have been okay as far as it be, you know like it would have been like you didn't need to go any further than that for it to be a plausible ending um, but uh, Virginia, the real Virginia, wakes up and starts to wrestle with the uh, twin Virginia and pulls off her fantastically well-made uh, mask, and yeah. it turns out to be Anne Thomerson, who, like I said uh, earlier in the podcast, uh, when I first saw this a couple the first couple of times, because of the way that Anne always wore her hair, I didn't know who the hell it was at first. I'm like, who is this person? Um, and it turns out that Anne is Virginia's sister but she's the bastard sister um, and I think it was Her dad Anne, knocked her mom
0: up.
1: Her dad knocked Virginia's mom up and uh, Anne's mom killed herself because she couldn't deal with it, right? Herself. And so as, as an act of revenge Anne decided to do this and and set up this whole thing and then make her look like Uh, She was the killer. Um, But at the very last minute, they wrestle and Virginia stabs and and the whoever that guy is caretaker. He's the cop. Is that the cop? I didn't even recognize him as the cop uh, comes in and uh, well, looks at her what have you done and it looks like she did it all but like why would so, you kill
0: all your friends to
1: frame the girl you want to kill in the first place well why not <laughs> because we wouldn't have a movie without it I guess
0: uh, well if we did it would be a lot shorter than two fucking hours <laughs>
1: And so, um, with regard to the JALO score, because of all this wonderfulness, we have an accidental death, which avoids the capture of the cops, which is 10 points. We also have, uh, psychological trauma and revenge as the motivation, which is another 10 points. So, um, big, uh, scores for the film, uh, on the website for these two things. And, um. So what did you guys think of the ending was it I mean it's obviously ridiculous Um, Anne explains that uh, she um, chloroformed Virginia three different occasions um, and then managed to put on the fantastic makeup that made her look exactly like Virginia quick enough to commit the murders looking like Virginia well she even
0: said like Steve was so stoned he didn't even realize it wasn't you right so obviously in like her head she probably didn't do a very good job putting that makeup on maybe maybe but then the other thing is if she's just gonna kill these people anyway why get dressed up why go through the thing just fucking kill the people and doesn't matter
1: and, uh, you know, there's 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 plenty of questions that are left over besides... Well, a lot of it one... has to do
0: with how it was written. Because right. I'm sure that's going to come up here in a second. That they didn't have an ending because the producers thought it was too predictable to have Virginia be the killer. So, as they were making the movie, they were scrambling and trying to write a new ending. And, um, yeah. So, I think it's... You, it's clear that that's there was too many cooks in the kitchen
1: okay and you know the other thing that's important to recognize is that um, some of the top 10 were not included in this vendetta Um, we're talking about Rudy Rudy's girlfriend and Greg's girlfriend but Greg's girlfriend shows up outside the party with a gift and does anybody have any idea what the hell that was about? I mean, no, there was no birthday party. Like did, did, um, did the girl, I don't know what her name was that, what, what her name was. Uh, did, did she, um, show up there just thinking, Hey, it's Virginia's birthday and I'm going to go surprise her with a present and walked in and saw all the corpses and then walk out. She'd go to the house
0: maybe she did and she was right next to the mom's grave that apparently Anne dug the body up right so maybe she saw that and was like I'm traumatized now I can't move but again this is so much work to try (laughs) to frame someone who you want dead and then like she killed all these people like really fucking like all whatever and then Virginia, Miss Little House on the Prairie, all of a sudden is like, oh, I'm just gonna turn your wrists and stab you in the stomach. Like, really? <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. There there was a little bit of weak sauce there. But as far as the twist goes, I was all on board. Like, I'm like, you know what? This is like batshit crazy. But but I'm I'm in.
1: I like okay. it. What about you, Eric? What do you what do you think?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's hard to talk about the ending without talking about the, the production of it uh, and how it was kind of written haphazardly towards the end, um, scrambling, changing the ending around so the actors didn't even know what was going on. And I think that's the reason why it's hard to recognize the girl at the end because she didn't play a big role. In the script as it was written originally, and then they just threw her in as the killer. Um, so I don't know if it earned that twist or that ending. Um, and, and by earned, I mean it's like it doesn't fit with the rest of the plot, so it doesn't totally work for me, I guess. Um, especially the fact that the, you know, it was a plaster mask, it was really well done, so it should have been, um, Oh, what's his name, Alfred? You know, but then he was too easy to guess too, so it couldn't have been him. So it's just right. um, kind of a little too far-fetched and too much of a sake you know, a twist for the sake of being a twist and yeah. uh, the misdirection of it. Um, we were talking about earlier with some of the red herrings that just didn't make sense. It was—I don't really like it when movies do that when they intentionally misdirect you just just to do
0: it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, dude.
2: So, so it's, yeah, like, like I said, though, it's, it's hard to talk about it without, <laughs> if you didn't know that information, because the first time I watched this, I gagged, not literally, but just, you know, thinking about how this is, I, I sat through almost two hours of a movie, and this is what they're going to give me for an ending, and, <laughs> but then once I, I read up on it and saw what they were going for, um, and then rewatched it again, because that, that, I also watched it in, in the uh, the slasher lens. I uh, like Creep was saying when he first watched it and and I used to see that that movie cover because our store did have it but I, I just could never rent it because I was a little tight at the time and right. but I'd, I'd look at that cover and I, was, I didn't know what a shish kebab was because I guess I didn't eat I just ate macaroni and cheese and hot dogs all the time so <laughs> I thought they were pulling like his insides <laughs> out from his mouth so I thought it was even gorier than, than what it ended up being but um, so yeah, it was a disappointing first watch, but a second watch, knowing the production of it, knowing the, and then watching it for our show, being, you know, about Jolly Films, I think it was actually a little more enjoyable for me that doing it that way and, and watching the stylistic choices they made and, yeah, the fact that it was more of like a, a, a stock stalk and slash mystery than, than a, you know, you get to see Freddy toying with the kids or something like that.
0: Right. The other thing about this movie that's different, and I mean, this is again at the beginning of the slasher craze, so not everything was staples yet, but like, none of the characters are really likable. The main girl isn't likable. She doesn't take her clothes off. She doesn't do anything that would make any person like you could take like a spectrum of people and there's not one thing she does or continues to do that. I think a majority of people would go, Oh, I really care about this chick as a main character. I hope she makes it out. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's like,
2: and then the fact that they made you think that she was the killer for like the last 30 minutes of it. Yeah. Um, so you, yeah, you lose interest in rooting for her and, and hoping that she makes it all alive when she has that personality change with Steve after the dance and you know oh it was the other girl all along but that's not what we thought watching it especially for the first time
1: well no but I mean even when they were at the dance it was still Virginia it was still she didn't Virginia get, she didn't get swapped until they were at the house right
0: and how did she not remember a hand with a chloroform rag coming at her face like when you when you're chloroformed do you have like complete memory loss of the the events
1: that happened before the chloroforming. Yes,
2: I don't think this is the only film that has proven that. <laughs> that's
1: that. From from my experience, yes, that's what happened.
0: From your experience <laughs> well, in chloroforming so
1: people <laughs> <laughs> you know, and being chloroformed.
0: Um, that's hysterical. But uh, the another thing about this is that <clears throat> one reason why I like this movie is that this, I could show this movie to my kid. You know, like, nothing really horrible happens in this. right? Like, I, this is a slasher movie I could watch with my daughter, and I could watch this with my mom. And my mom would probably be into it, like, freaking white on rice, dude. She'd be all <laughs> over it. She'd be like,
1: ooh! Like, cause
0: she's all into yeah. merch she wrote and stuff like that. Yeah, but, I mean, like, There's
1: no like, gratuitous sex, and there's no, like, really nasty kind of there's just little kids involved and any of that stuff yeah
0: so like in that token i really like this movie because it's one of the few that i could do this with but there's a movie um i don't want to like spoil this movie for anyone who hasn't seen it but have you guys seen the initiation
1: no i heard of it though it has
0: the girl from space balls if I'm not mistaken, was she also in Melrose Place? Yeah. Oh my god. Two Melrose Place references <laughs> in one episode. Um, <laughs> like they have some crazy twist in that, and I think they do it better. And I actually enjoy that movie better than this. So I might get shot for saying that, but um, they're both kind of similar-ish. Is it like an X? It's, um, it's like, it's a, one of those like of sorority initiation things. Yeah. And the climax of the movie is that these people have to break into this mall that the girl, her dad owns the mall or something like that. And so they go have a party in the mall. Oh dude, it's so fucking cool. But, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, that one, I don't want to ruin anything. Um, if you haven't seen it because like, That's really one of the only reasons to get into it. But um, if you like, if if you enjoyed the crazy twist in this movie, and you haven't seen the initiation, go watch the initiation. That one has an awesome poster too. It's like a candle burning, but the burning candle is like in the shape of like a hot chick. It's like, man, I love those movie posters. Early eighties movie posters were hands down some of the. Greatest things that ever happened. Yeah, but totally. um, one other point is the girl Anne, who was the killer. <clears throat> one of the reasons why it's hard to recognize her, I think, too, is that the way they shoot her like she's like they, they put a bunch of like white makeup on her to make her look kind of ghastly, I guess, or something. But they're shooting her like down and up and it makes her look like a fucking golem. Like, she looks yes. horrible.
1: Yeah, she's
0: sure when she saw that bat, movie... Yeah, dude, and, like, a crazy Delta Burke dig- dangler hanging down underneath. Yep. She was probably yep. like, I'm never going to act again. I can't fucking <laughs> believe this. Like, I cannot believe they did that to me. <laughs> like, it's a rough fucking angle, dude, for that chick. I'm not going to lie. But, but I liked it. Like, I mean, I liked her character. Like, even when she was going kind of batshit... Uh she had the camel toe the cool car, that's a shit old car, and um that shit craziness. Like Right. That's kind of like a trifecta in my book, but um but yeah. And cool. and that's that. And that's that. Now do you guys know anything about the soundtrack um that Sony put on the movie? It was like kind of disco-y.
2: I think that's what I heard for the the end credit scene instead of the uh, the singing. Who I, I can't remember if they said that the the girl who sang it was dating or married to like Stevie Wonder or something like that. But uh, instead of that iconic end credit song, they put on some disco track, and that was the same release that and I think it was Columbia they put out. A, uh, a movie cover that had nothing to do with the movie it didn't have any although I guess I could argue that the, the shish kebab cover that's not the guy who gets the shish kebab in his mouth or at least it doesn't and the name isn't the same either yeah it's right. a different yeah. name so I guess you could say that about that too but, um, but yeah I guess the the soundtrack if there's something that sets this apart from other like from an actual Jolly film it's it's uh, <laughs> that strange soundtrack they have throughout the rest of the film not not including the end credits song, but just the whole thing is kind of different.
0: I think I would've actually preferred a more disco-y score to this movie. Like probably like, it, just it's it was just too and I don't want to keep saying murder she wrote, but it's like it just felt like a made for T V movie. Yeah. Like yeah. The whole time. You know, which isn't bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that was the feel that I had watching it. Um,
1: yeah, it was definitely a very polished kind of a thing. Now,
0: Eric, that poster you're talking about, are you talking about the one with the chick holding the cake and she has like weird eyes, like she's an alien or something? Yep, yep. What the fuck was that? Dude? I don't know. That was that was
2: their first DVD release, I think, in the early 2000s. Um, that's horrible. I don't know if there's some kind of rights issues or what was going on, but that's what they released, and it didn't have you know the sound, the original soundtrack, and I think some other scenes were missing from it. And then uh, Anchor oh, Bay. Oh, that might have been nice. Let me go get <laughs> that one. Yeah. Uh, and then Anchor Bay came along and, and saved us all with a, re- a more recent release with the, the updated cover and the soundtrack and everything. I will. Yeah. When say did that really, come out? Because
1: ahead. I I have a copy of the the DVD with the, the, the thing that you posted, Eric, which is the the woman who doesn't look anything like her holding the cake. But when did the Anchor Bay thing came out? I think I heard 09 or
2: 2010.
1: That yeah, was
0: just a couple um,
1: of years ago, I think. Yeah,
0: that makes sense then, because I didn't get it. So you have the one that's missing stuff.
1: No, I found a copy. Um, I found a copy that looked like it, it was a French, maybe a French or German uh, version, because when it goes to the title screen, it says "Ich oh, danke instead of "Happy birthday to me," and the rest God. of the film is exactly. The same with the correct soundtrack. So that's so weird.
0: Yeah, huh. I agree. Well, I mean, as far as um, it being very similar um, in trope and stuff like that to the movies that we normally talk about, um, I have to agree that there were quite a few things that really shined in that sense yeah so yeah and i guess i know we brought up like the
2: the killers that would come along eventually in the 80s um but yeah talking about the production of this film it was i mean it's definitely influenced by giallo films probably even more influenced by halloween um and black christmas and those those films from the 70s um but i did did actually read that it was under production. Or it was, you know, they were filming before Friday the Thirteenth, the original was even released. So, I guess we were comparing it maybe incorrectly to those kind of movies, but more or less to the other slashers that were coming around like '79, '80. Um, and I guess they right. they inserted those gorier kills more towards the end um, while they're doing all that crazy rewriting because they wanted to meet those new standards that Friday the Thirteenth and those films are putting out. So, I guess it was just this really long belabored production for this film with lots of rewrites, lots of updates to to the kills where it might have looked a lot like murder she wrote if they hadn't I guess gone that direction with it.
0: I mean, that yeah. was kind of the case with a lot of the movies, like in between like eighty and eighty three or eighty four, right? Like they would make the movie, but then, like, A trend would start, Uh and so they would go back and reshoot some stuff, and then something else would would like happen, and then they'd go, "Well, we're gonna change the name of the movie." Yeah, and um, too, yeah, yeah, to update it to a holiday or something. Yeah,
2: because I actually do believe that this had a different title, and then they thought, "Well, let's name it Happy Birthday to Me" because everyone's got a birthday, and these other holidays only happen once a year.
0: Yeah, was opposed to people's birthdays. Yeah. That's right. No, I know what you mean, (laughs) though. Because, like, a whole group of friends could have a birthday. Like, there'd be 12 people, and they're all going to have a birthday through a year. But you only get one Christmas a year. Yeah. Unless you're Jewish. Yeah. (laughs) In
1: which case, you get eight.
0: Yeah. So, how come no one's tapped that market? Like oh, there's Hanukkah a Hanukkah horror. horror movie out there somewhere. Oh, is there? Like, There's got to be. Let's... Death, death Dreidel or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and you can make eight parts to it and have it be all in one year. Oh, my God. Four cats for the menorah. There it is. <laughs> the menorah massacre. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We have absolutely no listeners now. Okay. <laughs> I think there's one Japanese person listening. Chris, you want to ruin yep. that one?
1: You want me to offend him too? Yeah. <laughs> right. No problem.
0: Take it. I think I did when I mentioned
2: that you were gonna eat eat the dog.
1: Oh, there you go, See? dude. That's
0: Vietnamese too. That's not even fucking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're all and the same. And now we just ruined that. Oh my well, there
0: god. We go. <laughs> I just want to take this moment to apologize to every person <laughs> who breathes oxygen and listens to the show. We are very sorry. We're jerks. Um, um, I I have uh some titles since that seems to be my only job over here. Let's do it. Um,
1: love to hear some titles. In
0: Denmark, it was released as Bloody Birthday, which is weird. Bullshit. Because there was another movie called Bloody Birthday that had Mm -hmm. creepy little kids in it, and one of those little kids I think grew up to be the cool guy. In Fox's, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh. Okay, anyway. Um, I might be wrong. In Spain, it was called Happy Birthday to... That's it. In Finland, it was God. Happy Birthday. Um, French had the weirdest title, Happy Birthday Would Never Be Invited. <laughs> um,
1: and... That's a Google Translate
0: issue, I think. <laughs> you think so? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, in Greece, it was birthday terror. In Italy, it was birthday blood. Mm. In Dutch, it was a murder anniversary. In Mexico, it thing. was birthday macabre. Ooh. And in Slovenia, if that's a real place, it was called... Just <laughs> offended <all> Slovenians? Of... <laughs> It was called "All the Best" for my birthday. Nice. And then
2: everywhere else, it was just "Happy Birthday to Me." Birthday blood sounds kind of like an unfortunate situation for a a, a young girl.
0: Oh my god! There it is, folks.
1: That's a lot of titles. Yeah. So, uh anybody have any other kinda interesting stuff that they found out about the production? Uh, I mean we talked about the soundtrack, um, and there being two versions of it and uh um, you know, some of the background of the director and some of the actors and whatnot. But, the the uh,
0: doctor who has his shirt open and the awesome medallion,
1: um, Glenn Ford.
0: Is that his name? Yes um i'm sure eric read this too like he punched out an ad or something
2: oh yeah he, really, I, he was a big grouch on the set i heard he didn't want to be drunk. there he was above it but yeah his agent was an asshole apparently oh is that legit i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how he, he got roped into the job but yeah he didn't he didn't quite want to be there um he was pretty unpleasant on the set from what I read because he's this old Hollywood guy as well. Um, I mean, he'd been most recently, I guess people might recognize him as Superman's father in Superman, Jonathan Kent. Mm. Not Jor-El. The, most recently, there. meaning 1978. Well, I mean, most recently to this movie, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but before that, yeah, he was definitely in a lot of other um, pristine pictures. And then he got roped into the craze, but um, I read that He's because like... of him and uh, and the director J. Lee Thompson, they were able to keep the MPAA away for the most part um, during their heavy cut period of the early '80s. So that's how they were able to get some of these kills through and and use that promotional campaign of this having the most bizarre kills you'll ever see on screen, because you know we got these mm. old fogies who the MPAA respected and wouldn't mess with um
1: but then also not as explained. part
2: of that as part of that campaign i read that they had they did the whole thing like a william castle like thing with the uh, coffins and cake and flowers at different theaters and you know the ambulance on call in case someone faints or needs to be taken away and not letting people in after the first or i guess before the last 10 minutes of the film or something like that something like that but the
1: whole thing the whole deal the whole kebab the whole kebab there you go that's awesome do you have any info Chris no um I don't (laughs) have that's awesome info
2: nothing from that sweet sweet German release you got
1: no, the only thing that was different about it was they flashed a weird title in the beginning and that was it. Thick babe, blue
2: <laughs> Just as long as you so, didn't accidentally watch Necromantic or something like that.
1: Uh, yeah, you can't really accidentally watch that <laughs> film. <laughs> you really have to try hard to watch that one. I think so. It's kind of like, um, what's that other one? Um, a Serbian film or something? Mm-hmm. Uh... That's another one that you can't just accidentally watch. You really have to you have to go out of your way to find it and then if you do, you really shouldn't be allowed to associate um, with humans. Socialize with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I've I've read the plot line for it and it's just kind of like, I mean, why would anyone want to make a film like that? I don't get it. Like sallow. It's a statement.
0: I was just gonna bring that up, and I didn't want to. I'm like, I don't even want to start talking about that fucking thing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, it's commentary on society. Okay, sure. Yeah. You can, do that. You can do that in college if you want. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, thanks, guys. That was fun, and uh, like I said, it it really um, was something I've been wanting to do. The other one that I want to do for Jallo Score is Pieces. <gasps> uh, because um, that again I, love that movie. I, I know that it, it is ultra trashy um, there's a lot of naked girls, there's a lot of gore and it's a murder mystery so I'd like to see how it fares against the score as well um, but no not at anytime something. soon because we have uh, three new ones coming up uh, after this Yep, right.
0: we do, and in fact, um, I haven't checked, but I think um, uh, Blood and Black Lace utterly destroyed oh, yeah. the competition. That ran away yes, with it. I think
2: so too. Right from the start. Yeah.
0: So next time we'll be doing. We'll get One out.
1: The best soundtracks ever.
0: Oh my god, it's so good! I cannot wait.
1: Yeah, Blood and Black Lace has one, two, three, twelve votes. Blade in the Dark uh, has eight, including me, and Forbidden Photos has five. Including Eric. And, uh, Creep, I don't think you voted, so... What? That doesn't sound like me. Oh, no, wait. Yes, you did. You, okay. I can't keep up with your uh, av- avatars on Facebook, so... <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Um, but I, I did want to um, mention to our listening audience um very exciting news from Malastrina film series um probably about a year ago maybe more now cuz i've lost track of time with children uh they did giallo fever in new york city and it was i think a 10 day span of giallo um two uh every night was a double feature except for fridays and saturdays which were triple features um, I did manage to make it to New York to see uh, one of the triple features, which was *Strange Vice of Myth- Mrs. Ward*, uh, *Deep Red*, and *Solange*, uh, which oh, was um. unbelievable. Um, so they're doing a part two. It is in March. And again, if you are if you're anywhere near New York City and you're a Jalo fan, um, I recommend going. Um, the people that put it on our serious I they had when they filmed when they screened Bird with the Crystal Plumage, they actually had Tony Mustaine come down and do a QA before he died. Oh my uh, God. So that was pretty amazing. Um now this year, uh for, for part two, they're gonna be doing Tenebrae, they're gonna be doing Bay of Blood, they're gonna be doing Umberto Lenzi's Dirty Pictures, aka an ideal place to kill They're going to be doing Short Night of Glass Dolls. They're going to be doing Argento's Phenomena. They're going to be doing uh, Footprints on the Moon, uh, which is directed by the same guy who did The Fifth Chord. Uh, Fulci's The Psychic. Martino's Torso. uh, Death Laid an Egg. Yeah. Four Flies on Gray Velvet. And All the Colors of the Dark. So it is an unbelievable lineup of film um the only film i've never seen uh yet out of these is oh no i didn't see that Umberto lenzi film yet either but i haven't seen footprints on the moon yet but uh, clearly torso is something that um i would like to make an effort to go see on the big screen um that's probably my that and tenebrae are probably my top two of movies i'd like to see um well when they get When they get film copies of these, a lot of times they get Italian copies. So um, uh, be forewarned if you plan to go. When I was there last year, um, they had some films that normally you would watch in English because they've been exported. Like Bird with the Crystal Plumage was in an Italian language with subtitles uh, because I guess the print that they got was from Italy. I'm not really sure why. So um, I don't know if... uh, California and Minnesota are close enough to New York City for us to do like a... for us to do like a, an on-location chow-chow podcast. That would be so much fun, but I don't ever think that would
0: ever happen.
1: Creep me up on the way.
0: I know, seriously. <laughs> I'll put a ladder out the bottom of the airplane and you climb onto it.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm only suggesting it because it's easy for me to get there. If it wasn't easy Such for me dick. to get there... Yeah, I mean i would probably try though
0: maybe yeah. if fiat will return my emails and sponsor the show they could give me a yellow fiat and i will drive there and there take eric up on the way you get some yellow jackets yeah dude Sh-
1: shiny motorcycle jackets
0: we'll be in a boxing club mm-hmm.
1: oh that'd be so awesome so for any of the listeners who are interested in this and want more details, because uh, over the span of the festival, they're going to be screening certain films multiple times. Tenebrae is shown three times, Bay of Blood twice. Most of them are twice. The Psychic will be three times, and that's it. The Psychic and Tenebrae are shown three times, and everything else is twice. Um, you can There's a bunch of different ways to get info. If you're on the Facebook group, I believe that one of our uh, fans or friends have already has already posted a link to it. Um, looking for it here. I can't find it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Gonzalez uh, posted on December 26th a link to the site. Uh, if you're not on Facebook group, you can Google uh, Malastrina. That's M-A-L-A-S-T-R-A-N-A film series or the Anthology Film Archives, uh, which is webs- the website for... Um, that institution, which operates out of, um, I guess it's lower Manhattan. It's like the, the lower East side, uh, area of Greenwich village. Uh, very cool area. I took the, I took trains and subways there. I walked there and, uh, walked through the park to get there. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it. Didn't get mugged is what he means by that. Exactly. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's right in the area of NYU and um, a lot of the really cool places downtown. So it's
2: just really nice. cleaned up down there now. You know, they they really <laughs> clean things up around
1: there. It's not Eric. like the seventies. No, no, good old days. <laughs> so Tenebrae is being shown on a Friday. I may go for that, um, but I'll have to. I mean, to get to New York City from <laughs> Philadelphia. Um, unless I grab an Amtrak that goes straight from one to the other, it's probably like three hours worth of training. So, Fuck, dude. Yeah. Just to go see you one You can watch Tenebrae on your phone. And <laughs> Same and experience. Same it. thing. <laughs> really is. And then you don't have to walk and you save some money. and But you gotta got like... hide your phone from the people sitting next to you. I'm not really doing it justice. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Nice, and man. That sounds so much fun, dude.
0: That would be cool. Yeah, thanks for making us all it, feel bad. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Well, I, you know, the, the, the reality is that I probably won't go at all. So I'll start to feel guilty, you know, just like you guys. Let's,
0: let's do it like a little thing here. One of Chris's new New Year's resolutions, because we just said... Is that he has to go to this thing and give us an on-site report hmm all right let's see if he does it
1: <laughs> okay that's We're a good idea And you, you know you dude, accountable. Let's, let's yep. put a poll, I'll put a poll on the Facebook group and I'll pick like three of the films that I feel logistically I can make it to because of familiar familiar commitments and work commitments um, so it'll likely be a either a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday screening, um, and you guys can vote to see which one I should go to.
2: Oh my um, gosh, can, it's an <laughs> and and I can I
1: can I can um, confirm firsthand that there is no live tweeting from the uh, seats. I got very very rudely shushed when I tried to. Um, just double check my phone to make sure that the brightness was turned down all the way. I got three different people coming up to me going, turn your phone off, turn your phone off, turn that phone off. So they're very, very serious about the whole thing, which is great actually. So, Mm. Well, I
0: think you should go, sir.
1: Well, if you think I should,
0: then I will. Eric, on the other hand, is mad at you about it. Because you're not going to take them.
2: No, if yeah. you go, then I will rewatch Slaughter Hotel before our top 30 <laughs> voting in a month.
1: <laughs> Don't See, do us any favors. <laughs> I mean, really. Nice. Every, everyone should watch Slaughter Hotel again before our 30th. Yeah. Well, I'm just stoked that we're doing um, Blood and Black Place. I've been. Mean, looking
0: forward to doing it as long as we've been doing this show so deservingly
2: won that vote and yeah any other movie up against it had a tough had a tough go so I think I'm I'm excited to look at it again and look at all three movies we've got up next
0: yeah these are gonna be great well um, so I guess I will play the trailer for Blood and Black Lace and until next time everybody ciao chow 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 a house of high fashion a dazzling whirl of elegance of exotic extravagant beauties an adventurous journey into the devastating allure of the most sophisticated women and their intimate secrets suddenly these lace curtains ignite a drama that will lacerate your emotions blood and black lace
2: (laughs) Who is this shrouded, sadistic, sordid
0: fiend who maims and murders? Why this bloodthirsty orgy, this holocaust of lives? Blood and black lace in bleeding color. A shattering, shivering, shocking experience.